Hi, everyone. It's Michelle from Saturday Night. <laughs> hey, it's it starts. It's not Saturday night. It's Monday night. Say <laughs> live from New York. It's Saturday night live. <laughs> That's fine, you know. <laughs> okay. That is too funny. <laughs> See, this should be a blooper. This should be actually on video somewhere. <laughs> That's a good. I'm one. actually going to keep that in. I'll throw it in somewhere. <laughs> Wherever you are right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is <laughs> so <laughs> so where what show I'm on now? <laughs> Just that I know <laughs> that I can promote you to. So I was on what Saturday night New York, and at the same time I was on Monday night Los Angeles. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> do it again <laughs> you, are, you are amazing i love you already <laughs> thank you actually this morning i had a um i've just had oh there it is a ring light yeah this morning i turned on my other computer and i thought oh no because it wouldn't go on the battery died oh no so, I have two computers. I ran out, spoke to my computer guy. Said, yeah, this is what's going on. Bring it in. I won't charge you a lot. You know, you've been a customer forever. So I should have been there five minutes and 40 minutes later. I'm running home. Okay. So hi, everyone. It's Michelle from Studio City Now, not live from New York. <laughs> and today my guest is Renata Prandel. Did I get it right? Perfect. Oh, thank you so much. And we were having so much fun talking before. So I'm really excited to be here, to be on actually my first live podca podcast. I have been on, on other media, but it's my first podcast. So I'm excited that uh, I'm with you, Michelle. I am so excited. And I thank Marev for connecting us. Anyway, I read your bio and love talking to you before we started. <laughs> and I will put that blooper in. I'm not sure where to start. I know you're a professor at in Austria and you're a certified high performance coach. I have no idea what that is in NLP. So whichever one you want to start with first. Yeah, well, I let's start with the past. So I used to be a professor at a commercial college, a business school in Vienna. And then I, I decided I don't want to be in the system it did not give me enough room to to teach the way I want to teach, but I really enjoyed it. So I asked for leave of absence and um, never went back to this job. But I have been a, a teacher, coach, a mentor my, my whole professional life. As you said, uh, I did some NLP classes. I'm not an expert like you are. Oh, I have I'm some not. Basic understanding. Yeah, we, we always, well, expert, we always learn, right? But I have an understanding how it works, how to use certain language, how to use breathing pa patterns, just to connect with people easier. But I, actually, I did not even think about NLP. I didn't want to talk about it. But since we talked about earlier, um, and I don't teach it per se, I just use bits and pieces when I connect with clients. And certified high performance coach, for me, it was it's like, life coaching but on a, a very very deep level uh, mm -hmm. life coaching for me is very often i think if i explain the difference life coaching very often is like okay how are you feeling today what would you like to talk about 
So it's very open and it can go any way, anywhere. And probably there's not a real outcome. Whereas high performance coaching, so every session has a structure. There's an agenda, a topic. So there are sessions. Even so you might bring a challenge in your life to the mm -hmm. session. We talk about it, but then we have something we focus on. It might be more clarity. It might be how to deal with fear and work on courage. There might be a session where we work how to generate your energy in a holistic way. Another session is how to have more influence, become a better leader, or how to be more productive. So every single session has a certain agenda to keep people move forward. Otherwise, I found out is you, you kind of, you trade in place, you regurgitate the same over and over again, but whereas you have different, a different agenda, we help people move forward toward the desired outcome. And the structure is also, it's, um, it's based on science, the way the questions are asked. So it's not like, I just feel like it. It's not like frou-frou. And I'm not saying that life coaching is like that, but there are lots of life coaches out there. They just wing it. They have no system. And I, I believe you need to have some sort of system to stay on track moving forward because otherwise we try this one and that one and this is when people go for the shiny objects so mm -hmm. and um, high performance coaching really is to create this this level of engagement of being connected of showing up the very best the best you can be and long term because there's also a term like peak performance and for me peak performance is when people have a specific goal for example people want to lose weight before they get married right they want mm -hmm. to be in their best shape so they do crazy things just to reach their perfect weight and then a month after the wedding they put on the weight again so peak performance is reach the best you can be short term right and this is like oh and then you fall back to your old habits and then oh another goal oh i have to work really really hard to go there or make this money or lose the weight and then we drop again whereas in high performance coaching we look to find ways that you perform at a very very high level i mean there's still a little bit ups and downs right but at a very high level long term and you know like with coaching in general what type of background do you need for coaching well, some people say you don't need anything. I would disagree. I think you having an understanding of how the human brain works, I guess is really important because everything starts with the brain and the mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, knowing about probably, because I work with adults mainly, knowing about adult learning. So having those concepts, I think, are very very beneficial i don't believe in becoming a great coach by just attending a weekend workshop like two days five hours each and you have no experience it doesn't mean that you're not gifted but if you really want higher level i think you need a little bit of a foundation like i was thinking you know would you need a psychology background or basic psychology or anything well it it couldn't hurt you, but I don't think that's necessary. You don't need a degree per se, because we all know that all those, many of those degrees you go there 
it's a business, right? They teach you lots of things which are great, but not necessarily necessary. But having an understanding how uh, the human brain works is, okay. I think, uh, some good uh, basis. I don't have, I'm not a psychologist. You know, my background is I studied physical education. I studied uh, English as a foreign language uh, business, and I have a minus in psychology. I think this helps. The more resources you have, I think, the better you can serve your clients. True. Now, I also, I read your um, bio. I'm like, wow, this is like so cool. Because you also worked with, we'd mentioned NLP, imagery, acupressure, kinesiology. Mm -hmm. uh, working with the meridians, you know, with the energy points. Mm -hmm. Because very often I notice when people come to see me and mostly they come to see me because they're in kind of pain that might be physical pain, emotional pain, financial pain. And uh, the traditional approach is to work on the outside. If you can work from the inside, from, you know, the, the energy inside of you, that healing comes from the inside, I think it makes it much more potent. So I use these techniques as well if people need it. Probably not in the beginning, because some people think it's kind of weird since they cannot see it. They won't, they won't like, oh, you know, Renate, I'm on my computer the whole time and my neck, you have to touch here, right? So they don't, some people don't get that it is even more powerful if we touch them on their feet because they are the nerve endings, the end of the meridians, right? So not everything works for everyone so having education in different fields having knowledge and you know experience in different fields i think is very useful so you can draw what works for the person you work with right now so it's like an eastern uh, approach almost it is yeah and i didn't know you know, I, I started to study this in when i was still living in austria and now lo and behold now i live in <laughs> in asia <laughs> Uh, but we know that we are energy, right? And energy can be generated in many ways. And I strongly believe that if you generate energy from the inside out, not having the coffee, and I love my espressos, and not having like energy drinks which are full of sugar. But if you find ways to generate the energy from within, um, I think this uh, is lasting. You have more sustained energy that keeps you going. And it's definitely healthier than adding some chemical stuff to your body. I tried a monster drink, which is an energy drink. I know it. Oh, my okay. goodness. I had a couple of sips. I just thought it was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It was but you know, people get addicted to it. People get addicted to the sugar. People get addicted to oil and fats. And people get addicted to salt, right? They do. I Sugar, mainly. <laughs> And, um, you know, my, uh, I take martial arts, my martial arts instructor will drink two monsters during a session. And, you know, you can't tell people things, but I keep saying, Michael, please cut down on that, you know, drink more water, put a pinch of electrolytes in. Mm -hmm. Even a pinch of Himalayan salt is better than, mm -hmm. than buying the monster drink or the Red Bull, because they really set you up for alzheimer's dementia in the long run i mean there's so much uh -huh. sugar in all the foods anywhere 
heart issues. Yeah. And he's a short little uh, fluffy, <laughs> <laughs> but he's all muscle. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, he's become my friend over the past 20 years. We worked together. I won't even say where, but it was funny, but reconnected. And um, I was like, you can't drink all this, you know, these energy drinks, but then I'm addicted to coffee. So what can I say? But, um, but yeah. I, honestly speaking, I, I believe that good coffee, good quality coffee, like Arabica beans, mm-hmm. no milk, no sugar, has more benefits than any of uh, those uh, power drinks. For me, as I said, I love really good espresso with nice creamer. And yes. espresso has actually less caffeine than a dripper coffee. And it's about the essential well, the flavors in there, all the oils which get extracted from the, the beans and you want good quality beans. And also it's the smell. It really, I think it activates all your senses. Plus an espresso is this tiny little cup, right? Compared to a mega monster drink, which is like probably half a liter. So people say, oh, you cannot drink the coffee or the espresso, but it's also like, check the size, right? I drink maybe one or two ristrettos or espressos and I smell it. I really enjoy the flavors. Whereas people gulp down the energy drinks. They don't even taste what they drink and then they need another one and another one. Right. And then they're in there. You need more and more and more because you're already on your way to addiction. My favorite thing to do on a very cool summer morning, cup coffee, breakfast or fruit sitting on my patio. Mm -hmm. My daughter lives by the beach. We will go down by the ocean and have coffee. Well, she doesn't drink coffee, but I'll have coffee and we'll have fruit or oatmeal or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what I've noticed the American public is so addicted to sugar and super size. Oh my gosh. I mean, I used to live in the States for a while. Okay. Everything is like this for, and I'm like, for Christ's sake, just give me good quality, maybe a 10th, you know, not this big and another size and another one and bigger and bigger and refills and lots of this stuff, excuse me, is crap. It's really poor quality. Mm-hmm. Not nutritious, just addictive. And it's good for the business because people want more and more and more. It's a business model. Well, there's a movie, uh, Supersize Me. Michael oh, yeah. Moore. Oh, my God. This guy, unbelievable. I don't eat at that particular establishment. Because... Nor do I. <laughs> I don't eat that stuff. You know, all the deep fried is just, it's, it's poison. Mm-hmm. Even if it's small portions. True. Very, very true. Although yesterday I had a prosciutto blue cheese cheeseburger and it was like a quarter of a, no, it was like a third of a pound. I was finished. I could have stopped eating, eating half of it. You know, here it's like you eat everything on your plate. You don't leave anything. People are starving somewhere. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't help them if you finish your meal and you just said something which uh, I encounter very often. You said, I could have finished half of it, but so very often we have this but, and this is when people, they know they, uh, the way they live, the, the, the way they think, they move or eat, does not really support them. But, 
but they already paid for it. But um, I don't know what else, right? So I call it the butt factor. And I actually, I, I write in my new book, I also write about the butt factor, but with one T. So we know half of it is enough, right? But exactly. then we find <laughs> some kind of excuses. And I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm just talking about the concepts, concept that we often find an excuse, this but, yeah? I know I shouldn't mm -hmm. do this, but or like your uh, instructor, your martial arts instructor. He for sure knows that those drinks are not necessarily healthy if he's really in martial arts, because it's not the movement, it's also the thinking, the mindset, right? So he might know, but then, but, but then he says, yes, but I have so many sessions per day. So these are some of the excuses we tell ourselves, right, in our mind, why we do the things, we do even so we know they are not really beneficial they are not helping us getting to where we want to be in a fast way true well with food you know growing up it's like you have to eat everything on your plate but i don't mm -hmm. want that much food you have mm -hmm. to eat everything on your plate and i went to catholic schools and we'll just leave it at that uh yeah, I, I grew up yeah. with the same like you know we didn't have a lot so what was on the plate had to be eaten even so uh, I could not digest the fat, even so I did not want the whole piece of meat. It was on the plate and you better eat it. And as you mentioned earlier, there was the saying, so many kids in the world are starving. But this does not really help the kids starving. It sets you up for probably dying prematurely. Exactly. And when I say you, I don't speak to you, Michelle. No. You as in, in general. The, in general, right? Right. Yeah. Now so it what really it... has to shift. Sorry. It really has to start with shifting the mindset. Otherwise, we do the same. We have been told we grew up with and we want different results. But if we do the same over and over again, nothing changes. I think uh, well, Michelangelo, some of the clever guys said, you know, if you do the same over and over again, you cannot expect a different outcome. True. Now, here's a question. What brought you to Singapore, where I've always wanted to go? <laughs> you know, things happen. I always wanted to live abroad somewhere. And then a friend of ours was transferred to Singapore. So we came to visit. And we are like, my husband and I, and we're like, oh, we really like it here. We like the climate. We like the lifestyle, the food. It was very international. So it was the whole package. And then we decided to come on our own. So no company sent us. So we're like, you know what? Take the plunge, show up courageously, leave our careers behind, sell a house, a car, everything, and just move there and see how it goes. And I was, I had kind of something to fall back onto. I took leave of absence from my teaching job and I had a, a contract till retirement. So I took time, uh, time off officially to finish my doctoral thesis. And of course, it's not finished yet. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, you know, if we really do not like it, we can always come back. But I have been here now for, I think, coming up 27 years. Wow. And I, I really, I like it's safe. It's a great hub to be at or in, and you can travel the world from here. And it's still, it has changed a bit, and also especially after, after COVID, lots of people left. 
but it's still a very international hub, probably not like the melting pot of nations, not like New York, but it's still, it has kind of vibe and you can meet people from lots of different cultures and different nationalities. So I, I like that. Yeah, I've always wanted to go. I saw a movie that was based there and it's like, I wanted was to Was it there. the one where they, uh, about the wedding and the partying? That yes. Was one of the latest, I can't remember what it was called. Mm -hmm. Crazy Rich Asians. Exactly. But funny enough, you know, they they say that was Singapore, but it was more the lifestyle of the rich Indonesians, not necessarily the lifestyle of the rich Singaporeans. Mm -hmm. But there were lots of cliches and, and lots of the things are actually true. <laughs> it was a cute story, not based on anything, I, don't, I believe. But, you know, I, I liked seeing you know, when they left the airport and how clean everything was. And this is definitely true. So it's, it's always great. I love to travel, but it's always great to come back because it works, there's structure and people sometimes stay well, uh, it's so regimented and it's so strict. But sometimes, you know, if you have rules, I, I don't feel that I cannot live my life here. Mm -hmm. I feel protected. And if you have rules, I think things do work. That's why I yeah. also talk about when I work with my clients about discipline and some people are like, oh, discipline, that sounds so scary, right? Because they think discipline is, you get uh, disciplined in school or they think of army. But actually, if you have structure and if you have discipline, I think it really helps you move forward with more clarity and, you know, it, you stay on path. So I really like that there's structure in Singapore, I have to say. Yeah, I remember... Oh gosh, how long ago was it? Years ago. I guess somebody got caned like 40 times for... I think that was this, was it this youngster, the, this uh, American guy, the son of an expat? But you know, there is this story which is told in on world news and the story which is behind the scenes. So when you, if you know how expensive cars are in Singapore, they, it's crazy, right? And this guy had been warned before because he uh, destroyed cars, he scratched cars, so he created quite a bit of damage before, and he had been warned many, many times, and his father was, well, I'm this big shot, and you know, my son can do whatever he likes. Well, probably not. He can do whatever he likes, unless you know he destroys other people's property or belongings so there had been a story before and they were just not listening and then i guess the government was fed up and said okay you got enough warning and so we set an example he didn't get 40 canes of the stroke because i guess then you would die mm -hmm. also the understanding is that the people who do this you know like the, the caning it's like it's with kind of green bamboo and the stripules, well, they, you are kind of stretched out somewhere. It's really like the Middle Ages, it sounds. And then they cane you, they beat you, but they have to be trained. The force has to be that strong that, that you get scars on, you know, the skin breaks and you get scars, but they don't want to break your spine. I mean, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but on the other hand, you know, you know what not to do. Yeah, I wasn't sure of the story and, you know, what the reality versus what you hear in the media are two different things. 
absolutely i mean not that i that's the best way to deal with it but you know people know and they know for example there is capital punishment if you have a certain amount of drugs on you people know and if you fly in you're told and if you still do it hello i mean if you're a, <laughs> an adult person with a brain who understands this concept concept then you just don't do it but speaking of drugs at least good ones no um <laughs> <laughs> well i did not know where this conversation <laughs> would be going <laughs> me neither i just figured we'll wing it marijuana which is pretty much legal in about half the united states is it legal there which one marijuana no it's not no it's not uh it became it was legalized for example in one of the neighboring countries in thailand which uh -huh. uh, is kind of interesting because if singaporeans because there is no no drugs allowed except <laughs> there's some something which is there is something where it's allowed but just going back to this uh marijuana so um Medical marijuana got legalized in Thailand a few months ago. And now when people go there, Singaporeans, mm -hmm. and they take it, right? It's still in their system. So what happens when they get back to Singapore? So they might be, get punished here because it's still, it's in their system and there is no, and no drug mandate here. And maybe you have uh, read in the news, there were the two swimmers, the Olympic swimmer was calling he is Singaporean and he's, he was pretty decent. And he and another female swimmer, they were somewhere, probably it was in the US and they had mar uh, they took marijuana. And when they got back, it was still in their system and they just got fined for using illegal substances. Now, I, I said there is an exception because in the old times, decades ago, obviously there was the opium trade. It was Hong Kong, Shanghai, and of course, Singapore was affected as well. And there were opium dens in Chinatown in Singapore. And I guess some of the, the older people, they might be in their 80s or 90s, right? If they got addicted to opium, they can still get it in a kind of a legalized way. But that's the only exception. So you cannot get it somewhere, you know, that you go to a park and, and buy it. Having said that, I guess nothing is impossible there's always mm -hmm. i guess people who find ways to do it but normally it's a no drug policy oh and honestly sorry and honestly speaking i don't mind because for example if i go and walk around in uh, some areas of um, san francisco union square just the next corner i mean there are drug addicts alcohol addicts and i walking around on my own i don't necessarily feel safe Okay, yeah, like here, um, marijuana is legal. I can get a contact high walking down my street. I don't but smoke. Just... Sorry, go ahead. I don't smoke. Um, I don't like the smell. But, and I'm in a no smoking apartment, which means absolutely nothing. But it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of weird for me. And I worked in a dispensary for a short time. <laughs> You know, there's a long, a long history why this whole thing came about, mm -hmm. when it, why it became criminalized, sort of. And there's still lots of different opinions, medical opinions out there. So I'm not a doctor. So you 
since you have worked in the medical field, you may know much more about it, how marijuana or any kind of drug affects your brain. Because some people say it doesn't, others say, of course, it changes the structure in your brain. I'd rather not take it. Uh, I can be happy and energized and feel good without those drugs. Maybe I just dance and it makes me feel good. Now, what I have found in the 80s, a lot of the singers, a lot of the actors, they did a lot of cocaine, a lot of speed. Mm -hmm. I was in school at the time, in nursing school, and a lot of diet pills. And now, like 30, 40 years later, they're being diagnosed with Parkinson's. Fenfen, I don't know if you had that there. Uh, I don't know uh, whether it's here. I don't take any medication, but I heard about it. Yeah, I know. Okay. I was in school when that first came out and it's basically a diet pill with an antidepressant. My background is in chemistry, but my gut feeling was this is not good. And sure enough, you know, five to 10 years later, heart problems, um, Parkinsonism, calcified arteries. You know, I don't, I'm not a big Western medical, Western medicine fan. I mean, it has its place, but mm -hmm. when you start mixing all these chemicals, there's going to be issues. Absolutely. And also it not only alters your, your mental state, I guess, in the long term, it also has an effect on your kidneys. I mean, those kidneys, mm -hmm. they have to flush out all those toxins. So I don't know what people are thinking when they put the stuff in, in their systems, in their bodies. It's short term, short term gratification, short term feel good, right? They don't, people seem to not think long term. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. that's in the future, right? Well, you know, when you're 20, you don't think past 30. Because yeah, I know it's like, it's out there somewhere. <laughs> That's true. True. And I am, I don't know if you can see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I I'm not quite there yet, but I'm very close. <laughs> I'm on your heels. And I look like this because I don't do anything. I sleep in Nivea. Yeah. And, um, this is actually one of the best. We call it Nivea, right? It's it's inexpensive it's fantastic mm -hmm. the only thing is like when you're in the tropics because of the water content in it it's in this climate you really start to sweat but it's one of the best i have it in in my bathroom as well and it's been around for decades i grew up with it that was the only thing we bought probably the only thing we could afford right but this looks like you know it's just a little bit fi a filter on the zoom <laughs> I have no makeup on except uh, a little bit of lipstick. I um, have foundation, that's it. Not even foundation, because sometimes, you know, when I'm in here with uh, aircon on, it's fine. But then, you know, I step outside and it's hot, they start to sweat, and then it's like everywhere. So hardly any makeup, basically lipstick, that's it. Simple, easy. I like to simplify. This is also sometimes what I found people are overcomplicating everything. Their makeup, their wardrobe, their eating, the exercise, and then they are so like, oh, I cannot do it. It's too complicated. Just simplify. There's a YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's a, a Muppet type YouTube uh -huh. going back to coffee. So there's a man at a puppet, of course, at the uh, coffee place. Um, I'd like a medium coffee. Would you like a light coffee? A dark coffee? Would you like it with Arabica beans? Would you like it with these beans? Uh, whatever you suggest. I would suggest, and he goes on and on. <laughs> Just now, how would you like your coffee? Um, a little cream, would you like? White cream, would you like from a brown cow? Would you like from a Jewish cow? <laughs> how much fat? <laughs> It's so funny, and in the end, because but you know that's really that's really American. Because I remember uh, years ago, I used to go to Chicago. We have family there, so I spent quite a lot of time in Chicago. It's it's really I love it with all the you know the galleries and uh, but this mm -hmm. was years ago. So I'm like um, I would like to have a coffee, right? And they are like, oh, what flavor? Uh, uh, strawberry flavor? Uh, I don't know, peanut flavor, crazy flavors. I'm like, no coffee. And again, what flavor and da da da, like you just said. And I'm like, just give me coffee with coffee flavor. And the lady looked at me. I'm like, she's gonna smack me now. <laughs> well, the way this meme ended, the bar barista hands the man his coffee, and he says, "Would you like a blessing with that?" <laughs> so the puppet punches him. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find it. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, so like simplify, right? Also with food, I like to simplify food, get rid of all those sauces and all the stuff that you don't even taste what you eat, right? So if there's a sauce somewhere, I'm like, can you just leave it out? And if this, well, the chef thinks it, it's, you know, it, 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 it needs to be there. I'm like, okay, give it to me on the side and I just take, mm -hmm. <laughs> take it if I like it. Just simplify and get to the essence you know give me a plain cheeseburger cheddar cheese i don't even want the bun and i like flavored water i squeeze lemon in it now i'm a happy yeah. camper yeah that's fine you know and you can have lemon in it or here sometimes i use um lemon grass or you just put mm -hmm. some some other fruit in it maybe some strawberries I'm not such a fan of strawberries, but if I have some or if some left, I just can I put them in there. Or some fresh mint leaves. Or just plain yeah. water. What <laughs> mm -hmm. just plain good good plain water? Yep. Which is hard to find nowadays, right? There's so much garbage water out there. And in some of these cities you cannot even drink the tap water, which is crazy. So I have even so we have good water here. They have they filter it. I don't know how many times I still have a water filter, a reverse osmosis system in mm -hmm. my kitchen. I have, um, I drink um, water that comes in a glass. It's a mountain valley type water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't drink anything carbonated because it's bad for your gallbladder. Yeah. And, uh, and also, as you said, drink the water out of a glass, not a plastic cup or styrofoam. Drink it yeah. from a glass. Yeah. I don't use styrofoam. I mean, let me rephrase it. I do, but not as a rule. Mm -hmm. But you know, people are on the go in the States. And I found out it's like to eat and drink while on the go, which is another, I think, reason why so many people are overweight. They don't even pay attention, you know, what they eat, how much they eat. Because if you only gulp it down, you don't chew it. You don't really activate your senses. You don't taste whether it's sour or sweet or it changes you know, the flavor in between, and then you need more yeah. and more. 
and yeah and then people eat out of styrofoam of plastic all this has an effect but there was take a, time and sit down and eat your food chew it properly and use real cutlery use real plates i'm like i'm a stickler for that people are like that sounds so snobbish no it's not snobbish it really helps you keep a, a, your weight down at a healthy level because you enjoy the eating process right it's something to celebrate to enjoy and it's nutrition it you need it for your body you need it for your brain well martha stewart said many years ago she said set yourself a place at the table even if you live alone take that time mm -hmm. so i do that you know i clear my dining table and um you know for me it's relaxing now there was a book years ago um the man who wrote it said our american food is designed to keep you hungry mm -hmm. and i realized you know i tend to believe him now i had mcdonald's about three months ago it's just my you know it's just something i do once a year i get my little happy meal i get my toy i'm a happy camper <laughs> and how do you feel afterwards happy not really but my little hamburger i had it without the bun it was so salty why am i eating this i wouldn't even give it to my dog mm -hmm. so that, I, i'm sorry go ahead the salt was disgusting i f could feel myself blowing up and even though it was a regular you know like a four ounce portion of meat mm -hmm. i was still hungry afterwards mm -hmm. i realized yeah it's designed to keep us hungry and I also noticed when you said that it's so salty in the US, I found out when you go out, unless you go to a really fancy, 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 fancy restaurant, which you don't do every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is really salty. And there's always some condiment there, which is sweet, kind of gluey or gooey, <laughs> like what is that? And very, very salty. And, and you eat, and as you said, you're still hungry. And then people eat the French fries, which are soaking, or they are kind of soaked in very often old fat, trans fats. Again, it mm -hmm. stays in your stomach forever. And it's really hard to digest. And it does not keep you saturated or satisfied for a long time. You need more, right? That's how I felt after I ate. and. You know, it was a kid's meal and it comes with like, you could have a Coke or I just wanted a Dasani water. Mm -hmm. And this clerk looked at me like I was crazy. So I said, okay, I'll take a small Coke. And I just filled it up with vitamin water. But even so, you know, even so you uh, dilute it with water, it's still sweet if you don't take additional sugar. We have Coke at home once a year when we have a big party because some people, they just want it. And then yeah. there might be one bottle left. And then what shall we do? So a little bit of Coke and so much of water. And that's horrible. There's no taste. It's just sugary. And imagine you, you feed this to your kids. I think Mountain Dew, sorry, I hope we don't get sued. But I think Mountain Dew is even worse. Here, some of the mates, the helpers, give this to kids, to the little kids, right? It's sugar in there. It's just like they zoom around like crazy 
it's uh, well it's a big industry because you know you need afterwards you need medication so it keeps the whole thing going we know that well coke is the only food substance that's transported in a hazmat container i buy coke occasionally like a can of the brand name pour it in my toilet mm. and leave it overnight because it gets nice and clean and i thought if that's doing that to porcelain mm. i don't want to know what it's doing to my body you can it, use it for cleaning oh yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah disgusting gross but, but you know in blind tasting uh, it's one of the best known brands in the world everywhere right but in blind tasting pepsi always wins i've done the i don't think that pepsi is better right i don't know and it comes to branding right they make you i don't know what how it feels why people buy coke because there must be an emotion attached to it it's um their it's their branding um coke has a polar bear so it's christmasy Oh, They've yeah. got a great ad agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you pay for. And that's what you buy, basically, right? And uh, no matter what's in the, the bottle or the, the can, <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess that's where they really save on ingredients because there's a secret ingredient. I don't even want to know what they put in it. Well, one of the recipes I came across, um, you pour Coke over ham. And you bake it and it tenderizes it. Like, okay. So maybe you're tenderized from the inside. <laughs> Possibly. I don't eat ham, so. <laughs> no, nor do I. I stopped eating red meat mm, decades ago. I think I ate too much when I grew up. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of it, though. I did have that juicy hamburger. But boy, did you I know, feel once it. Once in a while, that's fine. Just, you know, you did it and that's fine. And then you move on to healthier options that's fine don't beat yourself up oh no i'm not beating myself up i'm just like that was so good <laughs> you know and uh, everything in moderation mm -hmm. True. so how do we find you well the best way is just to go to renateprandl.com uh, i have some free gifts there so people can find out more about what i do perfect it's just renate prandl one word r-e-n-a-t-e-p-r-a-n-d-l Com. I have to go to that and check out your free gifts. <laughs> Please do so. <laughs> I will. So thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank Absolute you. Pleasure. I, you know, this was great. We'll have to do it again because yeah, I want to know more, more about Singapore and just go, you know, everything because you're just yeah, so interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so bring your questions the next time. Everything I about did. Singapore or how to become CEO of your life, whether it's about exercise or about uh, eating or thinking differently. And uh, by then, hopefully my new book is published. <laughs> I'm working as fast as I can. And I guess uh, I will have Miraf as my publisher again, I guess. Oh, tell me before we go, tell me about the last book you did. Well, the last book, the last book was with Miraf. So I have, actually, I have Success Today with Brian Tracy. I have co-authored with Jack Canfield. Then I have, I have two last ones because they were published at the same time. I have Life Mastery Secrets Revealed, which is an ebook, which was um, done the same time as I did Stay Home, 
uh, when you can't go outside what happens inside so 14 of us we wrote this during the pandemic uh, real life stories just to inspire people you know lots of people were really shut down not just physically especially mentally so we mm -hmm. wrote stories to help people go through those tough times and inspire and empower them yeah that was the last one it became an international bestseller thanks to Miraf. <laughs> um, published got to love her her energy and her no-nonsense approach i think that's why we fell in love with each other we are both i think sometimes thinking outside of the box sometimes you have yeah. to shake things up and do things differently so get this book if you haven't already it's 14 uh, inspiring real life lockdown stories perfect and we can find it in amazon absolutely yes and on your Stay. website? Uh, it's not on my website, no. Oh, okay. So it's we'll a good see. idea. Maybe I, I put it there as well. I think so. And, you know, I've got to thank Morav for, of course, introducing us. And she has been wonderful. She's got a story. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kudos to this woman. You know, sometimes when I'm like, oh, it gets it gets really tough and challenging then i think of her right being a single mom with the kids and the business and moving across continents and and everything i'm like okay stop complaining and just do what's necessary <laughs> i mean she's really she's really an inspiration yeah but she had to hit that low before it hit and it came back with a vengeance plus mm -hmm. she's gorgeous and you know, just not on the outside, but inside. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and this is what I think what people who come with an open mind, they can feel and sense that she really comes from from inside from her heart, that she's heart centered. She um, is. And she talked me out of getting another tattoo. <laughs> ah, another one. Well, I, I only have, have one. So I think I only have enough. one. I get one on my wrist here. And she oh, says, no, okay. no, they destroy your chakras. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you have to rethink the location of the tattoo? Uh, she said, just don't get one. Oh, but she but, has a few. Mm -hmm. And she, mm -hmm. it's not that she regrets it, but if she had to do it over again, she wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Or know, with the tattoo, of course, they have an impact on you. And... Uh, I also noticed, I know we are out of time, just wanted to say this, when I was in okay. Europe, I found out that in at least, I think in whole of Europe, or maybe only in Austria, they banned the color red. So you cannot have the color red when you get tattoos, because obviously, whatever they use in the color red must be really, I don't know, causing cancer, or it's definitely you cannot, unless, you know, probably you go somewhere not mainstream, but if you go to a reputable tattoo artist, they are not allowed to use the color red any longer. Interesting. Now I had to, I had to um, get an MRI a while ago on my lower back. And I told them I had a tattoo on my lower back that had red in it. Yeah, so, so what happened I, to the tattoo with the color red? So with red, apparently with an MRI or an x-ray, red burns. Because it's got iron oxide in it. And um, 
you know, they asked, well, how long have you had it? When did you get it? Well, the tattoo's 20 years old, so it was okay. Mine, I got mine, I think in 1976, no, no rubbish, 1986, and it has red in it. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. We didn't know then, right? But now, right. If, since we know, probably no, no color red. So what do people do if they want a red heart? Hmm. Um, they don't. <laughs> exactly. Not in Austria. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I don't know what the reasoning behind is, why it's banned. I did not ask. But maybe I research. Mm -hmm. some research. Not that I want another tattoo, just to, to know why. Yeah, I wanted the one I want. I'll have to look for it, but it would take about this much up, which is what two inches. Yeah, the but there are lots of, of uh, there are lots of meridians here, mm -hmm. you know, for neck pain, for back pain, for stress. So this definitely has an impact if you have an, a tattoo here. So I'm not going to do it, and um, also my place razor prices so. I mean, you know, I wanted a, a, a Maori tattoo on my uh, my upper arm, but then uh, people said, you know, as you get older and you lose a little bit of muscle tone, it might look a little bit funny. I'm like, okay, uh, got a point. So I thought I have one. I needed this for myself. This was like it was a major turning point in my life. I just wanted to do something crazy and. Uh, I did it. It's done. Uh, so probably I, I did the same thing, and it's on my back. It was a big uh, birthday, and um, you know, it's like okay, I got the tattoo. Now let's move on to the next. And it was wonderful. Um, but I guess when I told Marev I wanted it here, I didn't realize that's where the meridians were. There are lots of meridians here, right? Also, if you like, if you have uh, stiff shoulders, mm -hmm. there are the meridians going from here, the, the base of your pinky going down here. So lots of acupressure points here. So really you, there are so many here and then you kind of um, not destroy or cut the energy flow. It's the same like if you have scars cleansing them or clearing their pathway afterwards because every scar uh, kind of cuts through the energy flow through the meridians. Well, wow. So one other thing, I met a woman who had a stomach, stomach stapling and it was everything that could go wrong did with her, but it cut into the chakras and she's still very fluffy. And I've been trying to talk. I have a friend who wants to get a stomach stapling and I'm trying to talk him out of it. And as it turns out, because of his age, they won't do it. And I'm like, thank goodness. But that is like the worst thing people could do. And it's just a procedure. Even so it's inside, it's still, I call it a procedure, procedure on the outside because the mindset when it comes to food has not changed, right? Mm -hmm. People still crave, they still do not change their eating habits. They might eat less because, you know, their stomach is smaller, but the foundation, 
how do how the foundation how they see food their relationship to food that they see it as something nutritious and maybe some joy something which can be enjoyed this has not changed so in order to make this work i always say you have to do some work some, some mental work as well and this is definitely not uh, not offered because you go in there you know you have your tummy tuck you have your stomach stapling etc cetera, etc cetera, and then off you go well a friend of mine's daughter who's also my friend did it but she did all her research she did the psychology behind it mm -hmm. and a very pretty girl she was a very large girl and she did dieting and she did everything she could but she actually saw a psychologist mm -hmm. and said um this is what i'm trying to do so she did her research she's down from 310 pounds to maybe 170 but she's also five seven mm -hmm. and she knows you know she she knows what she has to do to stay within that weight. Mm -hmm. She was visiting and we had gone to a deli, she ordered an omelet. The first thing she did was ask for it to go box. Mm -hmm. She ate what she could and she says, this is three days worth of breakfasts. Mm -hmm. And I really admired her for that. It's amazing. Because, yeah. yeah. Cause it but wasn't- She knows, she did the research, right? Yeah. She took responsibility. It's, and I noticed that lots of people also, they go to the, surgeon to the doctor and like fix me right and they are not willing to do the work you have to take responsibility for your well-being right and she mm -hmm. does is she still down is she still on this uh she's still this healthy lifestyle fantastic she still is she's maintaining and um you know she posts everything on facebook because i think that keeps her motivated also and she says Maybe she's down to 160 now. And she says, you know, I've been doing the work. It was a long journey for her. Because it's not just going in there for the surgery, right? No, she left, the country. she left the country to have the surgery done because she didn't trust what her doctors here were telling her. But she did the work. And, you know, I'm very happy for her because it's hard. Now, one of the other things I've seen God, we could go on forever. So we're going to have to do episode two. Um, one of the other things I've seen are commercials. Do you have 20 pounds or more to lose? Come see Dr. Surgeon and we'll help you. And I'm like, 20 pounds, you know, just cut down what you're eating. Go on Weight Watchers. You know, don't well, have an invasion. Sometimes it's, you know, people probably it's not, they don't eat too much sometimes. Some people eat too little. Right, so uh, mm -hmm. the body gets into like starvation mode and doesn't shed anything, piles on everything. We have to store, store, store for worst time, times to come. And sometimes I notice people eat, they're pretty healthy, but they, they eat in the wrong order or at the wrong time of day, right? Oh. It also makes a difference. You can eat the right things, but at the right timing if you eat really late at night if you eat your salads your fruit very late at night this also does not help you generate energy because all this stuff is in your stomach and it starts to ferment 
during the yeah. night where you actually should cleanse and you know get stuff out of your body so but just changing the timing if people are on a pretty healthy diet even this might change and help them sustain their weight which means their energy it's not just about mm -hmm. the weight weight always equals energy for me right because yeah. if you're like 300 pounds yeah we see you know tiktok movies like 350 pound people they dance around but how long can they do it can they sustain this level of energy right apart from the issues oh my so, god my dog is doing the funniest thing come here pens <laughs> what kind of dog do you have she's a pit lab mix and her bed which started at one end of the room she does this jumpy thing and digs in it and moves it <laughs> penny come here Come on, get on video. Renate would like to meet you. Good girl. I can't move the camera down. Yeah, that's all right. Connection. But she's um, <laughs> she's got the face of a black lab. Mm -hmm. Personality of a retriever. She loves everyone. People are afraid of her because she looks like a pit. 60 pounds and she thinks she's a two-pound lap dog. <laughs> it's like my mother-in-law's dog, you know? Also mm -hmm. weighs like... Uh, a human being, a, a big white dog. Uh, it's a mix of a, a shepherd and uh, a husky. The, the dog still thinks she's a puppy, right? And then she jumps at you. And if you're not aware, it's like, uh, and people sometimes get afraid, but uh, it's the cutest, the cutest dog you can imagine. Oh, my golden, um, who passed away, but he was 14. You know, he was so abused. I was home number four when he was 10 months old. Wow. He was afraid of people except me. And then when he started liking people, he'd walk up, hit them and put his face in their lap. But he thought all animals were her, his friends. He's been skunked twice because oh, he boy. couldn't play with the pretty little striped footy cats. I brought him to a friend's and he tried to make friend with her cat. who was petrified of him. And he looked at me like, but mom, Everybody loves me. Yeah. <laughs> well, except probably this one. <laughs> except skunks and cats. <laughs> anyway, we should go. We'll do, set, uh, do another segment. It was an absolute pleasure, Michelle. Thanks for taking so much time out of your busy, busy schedule. Well, thank you so much. It's raining outside. So yeah, I'm going to take... Here's a, it's the same. I'm going to uh, get a cup of coffee or maybe tea. And I'm going to sit on my patio and enjoy the rain for a couple minutes. Yeah, do so. I really Come on over. For the day. Come on over. I'll make some mint tea and uh, yeah. banana bread and we'll. Mm, we that sounds it. really, really tempting. <laughs> if you were closer. So yeah, normally I would go to LA at this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after Thanksgiving, normally I would go skiing in Aspen and then doing some wine tasting in Napa and come, usually we would come back mid of December, but everything stopped with COVID. So this was our yearly routine, flying into LA, going there, enjoying LA, visiting friends, probably going to San Francisco. But you know, things have changed. The travel is really, really ridiculous. I mean, the, the airfare to the US, I was supposed to fly to LA actually next week and I canceled. It's just like $11,000 for the ticket. Oh my like gosh. Yeah. I mean, the long term, those long haul 18 hour flights, I fly business. And it, it was like five to 6,000. 
but at least you know you can sleep you can work and you arrive and you're fully functioning because i i said after 50 i only fly uh business i mean that might sound snobby but you only live once right right taking care of yourself and but you know eleven thousand, and the exchange rate is ridiculous so you know the hotels everything is like if it's like or the a training or an event four thousand us is six thousand singapore dollars so the us dollar is really really but the exchange rate is not really favorable for travel um, so, but uh, yeah. probably I will be in in the area next year, maybe in April. So I will yeah. let you know. But hopefully, we speak before that. We get on another call. Mm -hmm. It was really, really a pleasure talking to you and also learning from you. And learning from you. But we should go because I do have another appointment. Yeah, and I should write my speak my articles and my chapters into Google Docs and send them to Miraf. <laughs> She's waiting. <laughs> That'll be great. Tell her we talked about her. Yeah, we'll she, will be, she will have the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably do a three call. <laughs> yeah, that would be lovely too. Okay, and you have a wonderful, I don't know what time it is there. Uh, it's 7.13 a.m. in the future. It's already two. What is it today? Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday here. So I'm ahead of time. I come oh. to you from the future. <laughs> <laughs> what were the lottery numbers? Did I win? <laughs> it's 1.9 billion right now because absolutely no one won. But you have a wonderful, wonderful morning. Yes, and you have a great day and uh, enjoy your tea on your patio. On my patio. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you. See okay. I don't even know what language I speak any longer. <laughs> um, Thank you. Good, guten evening. No, um, I don't know how to say good night. You would say gute Nacht, guten Abend. But for me, you would say um, einen schönen Tag oder guten Morgen. Good morning. Guten Morgen, morning. wie geht's? Guten Morgen, wie geht's? Danke. Danke, Anna. Grazie mille. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay,